The following podcast is brought to you by Crosswinds Golf and Country Club in Burlington. You know, it's getting beautiful out there, and that means you've got to get out to Crosswinds for a tremendous golf experience just 45 minutes from downtown Toronto. Crosswinds has everything you need, gorgeous views, fabulous food, great service, and, of course, sensational golf. Check out the best value in all of Southern Ontario. Go to crosswindsgolf.com and book your tee time today. Mike, let's start the show. Happy birthday to us. Yeah, we're one year old. Welcome to Hebsey on Sports, episode number. Doug Flutie, Brian Leach, Carl Brewer, and of course, Kawhi Leonard. Just add 100 and you got the number. I'm your host, Mark Hepsher. Today on the show, the Jays say adios to Teoscar Hernandez and his ridiculous habit of showering home run hitters with sunflower (laughs) seeds in the dugout. Good riddance. He's shuffling off to Buffalo. The Raptors get another shot at the Milwaukee Bucks tonight in Wisconsin. Which Raptor team will show up? And if Kyle Lowry's not hitting shots, bleh, what's going to happen with this team? Um, Brooks Kepka is on fire at the PGA Championship. Tiger Woods, not so much. Talk about that. The Bruins off to the Stanley Cup Final. Does anybody around here care? We all hate the Bruins. We can't stand that team. Although they're a good team. Um, on Hockey Confidential, brought to you by Titan Blades, the beauty of the World Hockey Championship in Slovakia. That's where I want to go for my next vacation. Slovakia to watch hockey. The beer is uh, cheap and plentiful, but you can't drink it in the seats. You can drink as much as you want out in the concourse. You can't drink it in the seats. I kind of like that. I'm okay with that. And uh, Nick Kyrgios should be suspended by the ATP for pulling a Bobby Knight yesterday in Italy. You see that? Ridiculous. It's all ahead. But uh, Also, the, the worst call in sports history. The worst call in sports history coming up first your trivia question brought to you by Panzer's original deli on bathurst street north of the 401 they have the finest in deli meats like pastrami corned beef baby beef turkey roast beef you name it it's fabulous call lorne at 416-636-1230 or go to pantsersoriginaldeli.com here's the question basketball who did the milwaukee bucks play the last time they were in the nba finals who did the milwaukee bucks play the last time they were in the nba finals who who and if you want, you can tell me who the MVP was. Because it's in the NBA, it's the finals MVP. It's not the con Smythe. The con Smythe is for the whole playoffs. You could have had a lousy final round, but you piled up points in the, in the early rounds. You're the con Smythe trophy winner. Uh, in the NBA, it's the finals. It's what you do in the finals. And that's really, it should, there should be a fourth quarter prize, not player of the game prize in, in any game. But in basketball, the prize at the end of the game should be, and our fourth quarter player of the game is... Because that's usually the clutch. That's when they really count. Nobody says, "Off, oh, you wouldn't have missed that three-pointer with 8.32 to go in the first, we would have won the game. So ne- true. So true. Never. So, uh, yeah, happy birthday. We're one years old. One, one year old. No, it's not insignificant. How many podcasts make it to their first birthday? Only the solid ones. Only the great ones. So, congrats. Thank you. And uh, huh. thanks, to, hey, thanks to all of you who are listening and have... Uh, Plug the show, told your friends. Thanks to our sponsors, you know, really, because they could have just said, who listens to this show? Nobody listens to your show. It's going to die. It's not going to, who's going to want to listen to sports commentary about Toronto teams by some guy who was some has-been? There's, anyone can start a sports podcast, but there's only one Hebsey. There's only one Mark Hebsey. Well, there isn't actually. There's more than one. Oh, My is son there? is Hebsey. His license plates oh. are Hebsey. If you see, by the way, if is you, that see, allowed? A, okay, tell if you me. see a really good Toyota Camry, a nice <laughs> silver Toyota Camry, uh, it's my son. So the license plates are Hebsey because I don't have a car. I don't drive anymore. So H-E-B-S-Y. <laughs> so so what po- happens is he gets pulled over and people are like, hey, what do you, how, tell me about, what do you think of Kawhi Leonard? And he's like, uh, you got the wrong guy. You'll have to talk to my dad about that one. So, um, yeah, uh, the last team to play the Milwaukee Bucks that they played in the... Um, 
NBA Finals. That's a fantastic question. It's not bad. It's not. It's a pretty good one. Um, so we've reached the point in sports history, Mike, where nobody, not the officials, not the fans, not the media, not the players, not even the leagues, can explain what is and what should never be when it comes to the rules. You notice that Led Zeppelin reference there. What <laughs> is and what should never be. And that's really, that, sh- that call the other night should have never been. Should have, it should have never even come up in conversation. It should have never occurred. A situation like that should never occur again. But what if nobody, what if none of the refs, there's four refs on the ice, right? right. And what if none of them see it? Like, if you, you can't call what you don't see. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would, but, but, but you've got everyone, but if everybody else saw it, like, how about this? If I asked yeah. you, what's the worst perspective that you could possibly have if you were trying to see if a guy had a hand pass? Would it be from high above? Or would it be from right at ground level where you're obscured by a stick, a puck, or whatever, you're in the wrong position by a millimeter, and you don't catch that? You didn't catch that thing. All four guys. Now, the odds are incredibly uh, high that that could happen, but it did. All four of them missed it. So why not an opportunity? So, so and, and, and folks, if you don't know what I'm talking about here, I was pretty certain I knew what the rule was for hand pass. To me, a hand pass is, you know, anytime a, a player advances the puck, whether it's forward or backwards, to a right. teammate. Absolutely. Right? That's a, it, the play is called. You can't do that, okay? You can kick it ahead to a play. But the difference is this. That play is not reviewable. The reviewable one is only if the hand pass results in a goal directly. If, the, if a, a moving motion with the hand directing the puck towards the net and into the net, that's the only reviewable one. But, so now, I don't know. I thought I knew the rule. I don't know what's reviewable and what's... I, did, I, I wasn't sure. Of course, now I know that flipping the puck over the glass is not a reviewable call. But a, a millimeter of your skate not being on the blue line, right. that's reviewable. So this is the biggest problem. Besides the playoff, which I'll get into later, besides right. the dumb playoff positioning, Okay, which yeah. has resulted in Boston just like, like going opposite. Boston's going the, the other way. They had the <laughs> toughest round was the first, That's and the true. next toughest. Round, but we'll get into that later. But the NHL is screwed here. I mean, they look really, really bad. They admitted to their mistake. Yeah, thanks for that. Thanks, you admitted to your mistake. Like a mass murderer going, yeah, I did it. Thanks, we, like we didn't know. <laughs> but they admitted it, and then they said, well, those, these referees are not going to be part of the next round. Yeah, of course. There's only, you only have your best for the finals anyway, so that big deal. But, but what's going on but, here? like... Okay. It's just, I mean, if you're a St. Louis fan, look, I have some skin in the game. I like St. Louis. If you're a St. Louis fan, like, you, you got to be going, why would I follow a sport that has such dumb rules where every single person, except for the four zebras on the ice, saw it, yet, and in any other situation, there would be a challenge available to the coach. The coach would go, I want to challenge that. So here's my idea. Mm-hmm. Why not have, for every, in every game, at least one play where you, a coach has a challenge on a non-reviewable call right and and here's two great examples uh puck over the boards and uh the hand pass neither one is reviewable unless the hand pass goes directly into the goal so why shouldn't a coach be able to say i know that's not reviewable but i want to throw my challenge flag i want to use my challenge now to challenge that call to look at video replay and determine if in fact it was or wasn't and of course craig brube would have done that and they might still be playing overtime right now (laughs) yeah but the point is is that you've got if everyone else sees it Everyone else. Now, back in the day, you didn't have the luxury of video replay or, or everybody, uh, these sight lines, cameras everywhere. But now you do. So it, it's absurd. So to, say, to explain to someone who's just learning the game of hockey, say, oh, by the way, 
Yeah. Well, no, no, we saw it. He can't do it then. Yeah, but the referees didn't see it. Yeah, but their officials back in Toronto saw it on the 95 screens they've got. Yeah, right. but it's not reviewable. So you're telling me that even, even if Toronto wanted to phone down and say, listen, you got it wrong. Can't do it. Sorry, not reviewable. They need to Take- fix this because if he had, uh, like, because the hand pass was to the guy who passed it to the goal scorer, the reviewers are only looking at the goal to make sure it's a good goal. So, they, yeah, you're right. They don't. They can't. They can't call the hand pass because the hand pass was to the guy <laughs> who passed it legally to the guy who scored. So right. you're right. They should. They already review every goal. In the, they already review every goal, right? In Toronto, like yeah. every goal gets reviewed. Every listen, Mike. Every play gets reviewed. I but mean, I mean, if you're going to yeah. review the entire game, and this is what it's come down to. Yeah, it's come down to this: is that when a goal is scored, when something happens, you you used to be able to just. Oh, like with unbridled joy, whoop, let out a whoop that you've won or that you've scored. And now it's measured. Now it's like, yeah, oh, I hope everything's okay. It's like in auto racing where you're looking for the yellow caution flag. There's got to be something wrong. Right. Or in soccer where a guy breaks away and you're going, okay, the offside flag is up. It's like, uh. But this happens on every play now. And the league has a serious credibility problem. You're trying to grow the game. Hockey is an unbelievable, it's the greatest sport. It is. It's great. But the NHL is the worst of all the professional leagues. It's got the best game, and it's the, the most poorly managed, poorly run sport. The rules are dumb. The playoff rules are, I mean, this, this playoff rule, what, why not one versus eight? Like, what's the matter with that? I know. What was the problem? I know. Well, they're worried about travel and stuff like that. Come on. They're trying to get rivalries built. Oh, come um, on. I know. Come on. But, but now that it comes to the playoff season, again, anything that happened in the regular season doesn't matter. I mean, this, these are key calls. You've got guys, you've got four guys out there that miss a call, and everyone else sees it. What does that say about the league? Can you I know, ask you uh, for your opinion on something I heard Brian Burke say yesterday? Yeah. Uh, he wants a two-tiered system. So you call it one way in the regular season and then in the playoffs. No. So in his, and then Brian Burke's vision, that play, the, the guys in Toronto would be able to make a call and tell the refs they missed it, but that goal doesn't count because of the hand pass. Yeah. But if that happened in the regular season, it would be basically the judgment call of the refs on the ice. Yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, there's a lot of different ways. I wouldn't mind the idea of the referees, like I see in the in the World Championship, uh, where the uh, the referees have uh, headsets, have earpieces, and uh, they're being communicated to by an off ice official as to what's going on. Oh, you missed it in the corner over there, or whatever. So the uh, other official is is sitting on the press box or has a good view, and there, and there right. can be there can be more than one. And these are the supervisors that can, because they're the supervisor. They can't just say, oh, I can't do anything. I have to let the officials on the ice decide it. No, the more eyes, the better. So just okay? get it right. Get yeah, it right. Yeah, it's not that tough. Get it right. So the NHL has got to create a rule that says the coach has at least one challenge on a non-reviewable call per game, okay? And if they're wrong, they're assessed a two-minute penalty. So, for example, if Craig Berube was certain that that was a glove pass directed to a player that directed it to Eric Carlson, who, by the way, when he scored, didn't even... Like he, he knew, he knew it wasn't a good goal. He saw the hand pass and then, and then they quickly got off the ice San Jose. Eh? Like they really like, let's get off the ice. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I like saw that was just, that was right after the normally game, you so. score in overtime, especially you <laughs> score a goal like that. You're whooping it up. He had to have known, but you know, the problem, because he right? He saw it, but the refs didn't. The two minute penalty doesn't mean anything when the game is ending in overtime. Right? Oh, so, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. Okay. Uh, no, no, no. I don't mean that. Let's okay. say, let's say it wasn't a goal. Let's say it was just a hand pass and let, you know, not, yeah, you're right. It leads to the goal. You're going to take that goal off the board. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, uh, and of course, yeah. And that, there's no risk in the challenge there, but at some other point in the game, you're going to have a challenge. Um, and the, 
I don't know, the penalty for a wrong challenge has got to be, you know, more than just a loss of a time. Because every single overtime goal will be challenged for something trying to like, yeah. you know, that's, that's the problem. That's probably why that right. rule hasn't been instigated. Right. And Everything look, will get challenged. Look, and and listen, the games will be four hours long. And how about this? What about this um, conspiracy theory that uh, the NHL wants San Jose? In the final, they want San Jose because the look at the Pavelski thing. Yeah, it is right? now that big Pavel, Now think about that against Vegas in Game yeah. Seven. Vegas is up three nut, folks. <laughs> we forget about these because the, that was a major NHL screw up, and that wasn't what a week ago or so. It was a major one, and it, kind of, it lasted for two days in the media, and then we got on to other things, other stuff that was going on, right. you know, that just completely. But let's not forget that that San Jose scored four goals on that five minute power play, <laughs> yeah. and if they would have, and if the referees would have seen. What had happened, not just not the result of, uh, of Pavelski hitting his head on the ice and the blood and the whole thing like that. Mm-hmm. If they would have actually seen it and had gotten been able to get a call from the NHL in Toronto saying, ah, oh, guys, you missed the thing. It's just it's two minutes. It's a two minuter, right? Then now it's Las Vegas that's playing in the final against St. Louis. And Vegas fans had to go through that and they were and they were 100 percent right. Now, the NHL didn't admit the same. The NHL basically said, look, our hands are tied because, it's, you know, we couldn't, we couldn't communicate with them. Well, guess what? You can make up a rule. You can change the rules and say that the head office will now communicate that on all these plays, the final word comes from Toronto, comes from the head office, because they had the best perspective, because they're not at ice level. It's like, ever tried to watch a football game from field level? And a guy's running all the way down the other end of the field. You can't tell what yard line he's on. They also have You replays. don't have good perspective. <laughs> There's somebody in your way. You're looking up, trying to look, you know, over some guy's head. I mean, really? You got the best perspective. Use it. Get the call right. Get it right, especially in the conference final. Right. So how does the NHL now, how do they save themselves from further embarrassment? How do they do that? Tonight's game four, by the way, in uh, St. Louis. So what happens if a puck gets shot over the glass? What happens if there's a glove pass? What happens if there's a close offside? And, and, do, and do we need a primer now? Do fans need a primer to know what's reviewable, what's not reviewable? What's the situation? You know, I mean, you think you know the rules. And then you realize that, boy, this is dumb. This league has just, just made mistake after mistake after mistake. And a lot of the stuff that went on during the regular season, which we've all forgotten now, you know, the goals that were called back because the, you couldn't, because the guy's skate blade was not uh, touching the ice, but it was on the line, but it was Zach Hyman is the one I was thinking of. There was one where, <laughs> where they determined, and I don't know how you could have done that, that his skate wasn't actually touching the ice. It was on the line. It wasn't touching the ice. Try that in soccer. They just look, they, put, just, they just put a line on the TV. You see it. They put the line down there. And so, you know, they don't see, oh, was his foot on the ground or not? Was he in an yeah, offside position? it's breaking position? the plane. What he, right. Was he in an offside position? In football, they don't go to see if the guy is on the ground when he goes over the goal line. If he breaks the plane, the imaginary plane of the goal, come on. I mean, and hockey's so much faster than soccer anyway. It's a blur. Why not just make it that, look, if the, ref, if the linesman says, yeah, his, you know, I don't know if it was on the ice or not, but it's, he certainly wasn't over the line. He wasn't in an offside position. Is Change it safe that. to say after this hand pass was missed that changes will be made? Yes, absolutely. Many. And they have to. They have to. And San Jose is going to end up going to the Stanley Cup final because it looks like the NHL is just, they want San Jose. Two big breaks, that's for sure. I mean, you have four officials on the, how do you blow this type of thing, right? And the puck over the glass, and who knows what's going to happen. That's one thing about the NHL is you never know. Every day, every game, something's going to happen that's going to be controversial. It something is, is going to happen. That was a penalty, it wasn't a penalty. Right. Oh, my. Uh, so the Boston Bruins, like we didn't know, are headed to the Stanley Cup final. Uh, they completed a four-game sweep of the upstart Carolina Hurricanes with, ironically, a 4 nothing win. 
I can't help but think that the NHL playoff system really facilitated this matchup. Think about this, okay? The Bruins had to go, like, a tough seven-game series against the Leafs. They're, they're rivals in the division. That We knew that was going to happen. But then how do the breaks fall? Tampa Bay gets eliminated, and uh, now there's an easy... You know, Washington gets eliminated. Pittsburgh gets eliminated. Now you've got an easy road. Now you're the Bruins. Now you get Columbus, a wild-card team in the second round. Pretty easy. You know, winning in six games, right? You get a little bit of a rest now. And now you've got the other wild-card team, Carolina, and like it's like a walk in the park. It's four games straight. It's supposed to be the other way around. It's supposed to be your first round opponent is easier, and the further you get into the playoffs, it gets tougher and tougher and tougher. No, it's easier. And the conference finals, four game sweep, right. too many sweeps. A lot of sweeps. Too many. Too many sweeps. Too much rest for the team that wins the series in four games. And that's why I say Boston. I mean, if this St. Louis San Jose series goes seven, in Boston could it could be, I think, as long as eleven days that they'll have off. Like they should all go to the Caribbean right now. Guys, look, we can be back two days before the Stanley Cup final and practice two days in a row. Let's let's go to a beach somewhere because the San Jose St. Louis series will be knock them down, drag them out, probably. If San Jose advances, and it's a big if, but if they yeah. do, you got that great uh, storyline, though, of Joe Thornton playing his old team. Like, okay. that is a really compelling, in my opinion, that's the best storyline, I think, really? left. Uh, I think so, yeah, because it's all about grizzly old Joe trying to finally win a cup, and he's got to do it against his old Bruins. Okay. Who gave up on him pretty early there. Okay. Well, there, now you got, there you go. Now that Boston's There's in a the storyline, but we need San Jose now to that Boston. But wait a second. What if St. Louis gets in? Is there a storyline there? I, I, to be honest, I don't even think I'd watch. I don't know. I'm, I'm not St. Louis versus Boston. I'm not sure I'm into it. All right. But what about the Blues and Sharks series? It's good. Yeah, I watched the I mean, Raptors, which we'll get to. And then uh, I, no, I no. watched the overtime of the uh, game. But what I'm saying here is the Blues-Sharks, that game was a fantastic game. Ruined, marred, if I may say. Mm-hmm. by the non-call by the official in overtime. That was a great hockey game. That was action-packed. That's the way hockey should be. For it to end that way takes away, takes away the entire rest of the game, right? People are not talking about that was fabulous and the great skating up and down and hitting and action and back and forth. Right. Four goals in the second period, like wild. No, they're talking about the blown call. Let the players play. Let the players make the decision. Come on, that's, come on, everyone knows. I mean, if they gave Meyer a lie, they should give Meyer a lie detector test. Did you glove that puck? And he goes, he's got to tell the truth. It's possible. On the polygraph. And he goes, no. Ding, 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 ding. Who's, You're the, lying. who's the St. Louis defenseman? Boy, might Bo, Bo, I, Bo I never say his name right. Bowmeister. Jay Bowmeister. It might have made contact with him, possibly. It doesn't matter. Doesn't that matter? Ma- like, if it, your no. hand passes, your own team touches it after that, doesn't in the defensive zone. I think that oh, negates man. the hand pass. Yeah. I think. He, hmm, <laughs> it's really? Possible. Come on. He directed the puck, with, he directed the puck right. towards his teammate with a hand pass. It was deliberate. It was obvious. Okay. That's the way it is. So the Bruins, yeah. Um, Tuka Rask, pretty good. Like, flying under the radar, Tuka Rask. Not that he's had the toughest competition, right? Leafs, yeah, but come on. You know, not, you know, not Boston's not been barraged by shots and like 50 shots or anything like that. They're pretty good, solid defense. So he's been great. And the big lineup, Bergeron, Pasternak, and uh, Machant, Brad Machant, the most hated man. Yeah, with good since reason. The most hated man since, again, who? <laughs> he licks people. I mean, this guy's, this guy's uh, yeah. a piece of work. Look, kudos to the bunch of jerks, too. I mean, I'm yeah. happy for them in a land where they're more into NASCAR racing and college basketball and golf and whatever, for them to embrace hockey. And all those years missing the playoffs and then getting all the way to the final and coming up against the Bruins team that was obviously better. Uh, it was good. Good for Carolina, those bunch of jerks. I thought that, that was great. And it just happened so organically. Just like Don Jerry calls him a bunch of jerks. Suddenly, 
They're like the darlings of the NHL. Suddenly I'm rooting for them. The darlings That's of the NHL. That's all it took. <laughs> all right, let's go to hoops now. And um, after that buzzer beater by Kawhi, and it took, I don't know, three days for us to calm down from that, really, until the game one of the Bucks raptors series, about three days. Mm-hmm. You had to figure the Raptors would have a tough time of it in the opener against Milwaukee. And I think everyone was surprised when they you know, jumped out to a 12-point lead on the road. Everyone was, whoa! You know, but that's sort of that, the, that, that leftover adrenaline from the win. It's a le- you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, we're hot, man. Kawhi bailed us out. We didn't play that great a game. We haven't been shooting that well. We didn't play well with the Philadelphia series, but we got out of it, man. We did it thanks to Kawhi, that shot, thank God. And now that carried over. So they're clobbering Milwaukee in the first half. They're playing great. But you knew. You knew. You just sort of knew that as good as their defense was, the Raptors, and it has been excellent defense, Milwaukee's a three-point shooting team. That's what they do. Okay, that's all they do, and they're the best in the league at it. So when you're one for 13, you know. You knew that they had to. They weren't going to go one for 26. They were going to start making some threes. They right. were going to start to make those threes. It's the way they made the threes. It's where they were shooting 30-footers, dropping them from way out there. Now, you can't expect Marcus Gasol to go that far out behind, two feet beyond the three-point line, to guard uh, uh, Lopez. It's like Lopez was like, he looked like Pistol Pete Maravich out there, <laughs> like Larry Bird. He's a seven-footer, and defensively, he was awesome. He changed that game. He was terrific. Brooke and Robin Lopez, the twins from uh, Stanford. They went to Stanford. Smart guys, too. And also, I saw him on the podium after the game. Yep. Yeah. Best podium guy. That's the guy. I mean, if I'm his teammate, I just defer to him all the time. So, you know, let Brooke answer that one. He's a smart guy, and he's articulate, and, and he's great. He, he almost single-handedly took it away from uh, the Raptors, and the fact that the Raptors had open looks and couldn't dropped the shot they had open looks and you know why milwaukee's not a good defensive team milwaukee's a minus team they're the best three-pointing shoot point shooting team in the league they're not a good defensive team they're just not which means if you've got open looks and you're going to get lots of them and the raptors did you got to knock them down got to do it i uh, thought what, except for kyle lowry did anybody score in the second in the fourth quarter for the raptors did anyone else score i think a field goal i don't think so Kawhi and Kyle, maybe. I but, don't think Kawhi. I think no? Kawhi might have had a free throw or two, but I don't know. I think Kyle was the only one to score in the in like in the but fourth But for three quarter. quarters, I thought we looked pretty damn great. Mm. Like uh, for three quarters, it looked like you know, Kyle two, had showed up for two looked, quarters. For two quarters, okay. Because that third we fourth was a bit of a tire fire. We led by eight. We led by eight at halftime. I think we led by seven after three. But I, you could see Milwaukee was coming. They were starting to make those threes and from way out. And, and that's the thing. If you're that good a three-point shooting team, you're, you can't keep a team like that down. Eventually, they're so, going to start to hit all of them are going to start to hit those threes because that's what they do. What happens tonight? What happens tonight? you got to keep, you got to stop the three-point shooting by Milwaukee. You've got to, and of course, everyone else has got to start making shots. Siakam didn't make it. None of the guys. Danny Green doesn't shoot. They're afraid to shoot. They're not dropping the shots. But you guys, these are professionals. And, you know, like I said, I had said in the Philly series when they played two crummy games in a row, I mean, two poor shooting games in a row, they came back with a great shooting game. This is the time. They didn't shoot well against Philly in game seven, and they got away with it. They didn't shoot well, certainly in the second half, against Milwaukee in game one. Now they got to get, they're pros. These guys know how to do it. They've been in the playoffs before. But, uh, you know, I keep saying, look who they're playing. Milwaukee's a good team. Look, Look at the season they had. But, you know, did they, uh, uh, did they catch teams on bad days? No, man. They steamrolled teams this year. Steamrolled teams. They're a good they, look team. what they did to Boston in the previous round. But, Hebsey, they, they, they beat us by two games in the conference, and we load-managed Kawhi. Like, how many games did we sit Kawhi? I'm just saying. I know. They're a good team. Uh-huh. But we're just as good as the Bucs. Mm, okay. Show me. 
Tonight. You're down one game tonight. <laughs> okay, tonight. We're going to show tonight. you tonight. Well, I hope so. I <laughs> hope so because Milwaukee has a suspect defense, and the Raptors have got to take advantage of that. Meanwhile, the Golden State Warriors, who, by the way, trailed Portland by 15 at the half last night. Fans are booing. Trailed by eight with about uh, five minutes to go. Right. Four and a half minutes to go. They trailed by eight, and then they ended up winning 114-111 without Kevin Durant, who's still out with a leg injury. And they're up to love on uh, Portland. Let's be nice that you can not play a guy like Kevin Durant and, and go up two nothing. Like well, that, that's that's some depth right there. I think their record is uh, twenty eight and one with Steph Curry in the lineup and without Kevin Durant. So if Durant's missing and Curry's playing, I, I believe it's twenty eight and one. That's incredible. So that's a pretty well balanced team. No wonder Kevin's not making the trip uh, to Portland. Yeah, pretty well balanced team, I would say. Um, golf. So uh, when I grow up, I want to be like Brooks Kepka. Because this guy really, a few years ago, no one had ever heard of him. And now he's winning like multiple majors and he's fantastic. And, and the, as well, he wears really good clothes. Like he's a real, like he's in great shape. These guys are in great shape, like him and Dustin Johnson. These guys are solid. Even Tiger at the age of whatever he is, 42. These guys are in unbelievable shape. Not like the old style, like, you know, the days of Craig Stadler, Nicholas, a bit of a punch here and there. No, not now. There's a few guys like that. John Daly, but he's getting older. But most of the guys are in really good shape. And this Brooks Kepka, he's ripped. But he's wearing really cool clothes. Man, he's just, you know, he just, I'm sure that the, the clothing manufacturer's like, oh, Brooks, how about wear this? It looks really good, sleek, your big bulging so, biceps and your chest and all that kind of thing. So it, I, I want to... Is Brooks leading? Uh, oh, yeah. I didn't Shot see any cor- of this yesterday, cor- so course I need record. you to tell me. Course okay. record. Okay. Wow. A course record. 63. Wow. That's not, uh, seven under par. That's wow. a bet page black. Okay? Course record in the first round. Like, the guy was phenomenal. Seven so, under par. 63? Yeah. Those are Hebsey-type scores. Yeah, right. <laughs> not quite. Uh, but mind you, I will be going out to Crosswinds very shortly, and last year, my uh, best uh, round was 82. Now, that was from the white tees. These guys play from the tips, the championship tees. Um... I don't think I, I probably couldn't break a hundred at Beth Page Black. Certainly not from where they play from. No way. Probably couldn't break one ten. Probably from where they play from. Look, I don't. I, I mean, ridiculous. Eighty two sounds fantastic. Eighty two uh, was pretty good. I was. I was late. It's usually late in the season for me. I go out to Crosswinds. I mean, you know, here we are, middle of May. The, the weather's just getting nice now, so you know, I'll be going out there shortly. But um, yeah, usually you get your game honed by the end of the season. So like by October. You know, I, my, my game's razor sharp, for me anyway, and, and to shoot an 82, which is 10 over par, is exceptional for, um, for someone like that. Next me. time you're at Crosswinds, yeah. you could, on Periscope, we're live streaming right now, yeah. you could have somebody uh, show your first, I don't know, your first uh, <laughs> drive from the, you know, first hole or something, you could right. live stream that so we could all watch. You think so? Yeah. I, do that on, I would tune in. Should I that. do that on, on Periscope? Yeah, I'm serious. Live stream fact, my. If you bring me to Crosswinds, yeah. I'll hold the camera. You got it. You're coming out. You're going to be the official. Because I can't hold dude. a club. I would be, it would be too funny. embarrassing. So. I'm not sure how many people would want to watch that. Well, let's find out. Listen to it could be. Oh, yeah. We, uh, we, you know, we could do it uh, like the moving, uh, the, the real time golf podcast. Yeah. Just like that's commentary. the joy of Periscope. It's just your phone, right? Thwack. So let's go. Thwack. Right, Live hey, from Crosswinds. That's a heck of an idea. Uh, go to crosswindsgolf.com. Take advantage of their spring specials, and you might see me out there and Mike, like, you know, shooting video. You could be part of the live Periscope feed. Oh, just the possibilities are endless, really. Uh, back to the PGA Championship at Beth Page Black. Tiger Woods struggled to a two-over par 72. He had double bogeys. He had eagles. He was, like, all over the place. And the crowds are, dare I say it, bigger than they ever were when Tiger was in his prime. This redemption project, this tiger, he's tiger's like a like an everyman now. 
Right. He's an everyman. He, we love him more than ever. He cheated on his wife. He uh-huh. was, he had a great success. He fell to the very bottom of, you know, whatever. They he was, fused his you know, uh, that kind of thing. Fused spine his back, or something? You know, they asked him about John Daly. John Daly got medical clearance to take a golf cart because of his arthritis. They asked Tiger about it. He said, uh, I walked with a broken leg. Good point. That's all he said. I walked with a broken <laughs> leg. And he uh, won, right, when he had that broken leg? Uh, yeah, yeah. He won the uh, U.S. Open in 2008. at. Um, he beat Rocco Mediate at uh, Torrey Pines. That's some uh, like a broken leg. He said Bobby Bond-type uh, stuff there. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, not, I don't know. Not exactly. They wear, they wear a boot thing. So yeah, can... no, I think I'm sure there were some painkillers involved there. <laughs> he probably smoked a big hootie before he went out there or whatever. <laughs> oh, you don't think that anyone ever did that before? Do they test for that? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could see it now. PGA Tour, yeah, we're testing for marijuana. Yeah, sure you are. Come on, who cares? Do you think anyone cares? And I'm wondering if it's even, is it performance enhancing? I'm sure, I know some things test for it. But is it performance uh, enhancing though? No, no, no. It can't be. So then why why would you test for it? It's good for for anxiety, right? If it's an illegal drug. Like it relieves your anxiety, so maybe it does help you in the pressure situations. You know, you're a little more chill. Okay. But they probably don't test for a glass of wine, so I don't know why they're but, testing. But, so you think it has the same properties as, as a glass of wine would? It does. It, it takes the edge you, off. Uh, the I understand. Off? I don't partake, but I understand it takes the edge off. So uh, drinking alcohol helps you with anxi- helps your anxiety? In moderation. <laughs> In moderation. This is another discussion for another this time. This is the uh, behind-the-scenes bonus footage. We'll right. Do. Anyway, the PGA Championship continues this weekend at Bethpage Black in uh, New York tough it's a monster like these holes that are like 600 and some odd yard par fives like you know even even tiger can't reach them in two it's crazy uh baseball now and the blue jays yeah. who are just mm, a tire fire they really are uh lost uh, again yesterday 4-2 to the white Sox. first of a four game series on the south side of chicago in the baddest part of town bad bad leroy brown just, right. just some lyrics there i know it's before know, your time it's, it's a little bit but i do uh, know that song 30 it's a great song 35th and shields is not a great area of uh, chicago it's not it's the old Comiskey Park was there. This is the whatever the stadium's called now. It's right across the street from the old Comiskey Park. Not a good area. First time I ever went there, I paid a guy 10 bucks to keep an eye on my car. At first, I thought I was crazy. And I thought, no, this is good. This is good because he's not going to take the 10 bucks and then wreck the car. He's going to keep his eye open, and I'm going to spread the word about this dude. This is where you got to okay, go. Okay, because I say he might take the 10 bucks and the car. No, he's not going to take the car. <laughs> that was my theory was if he asked for nothing, he would take the car. But instead, he's a lookout. He's like, no, leave this car alone. It was in a lighted lot, but anyway. Smart. Anyway, long story short, you know, I, um, it was a, you what know. What kind of car know, was this? A rental car. Oh. When I was in Chicago. No. <coughs> 82 Camaro Z28, black with gold trim. And it was yours? It was mine. I actually, wow. I'd actually gotten the car because I had the best ratings. I was working at CKEY. I had a sports talk show, 6 to 8 o'clock at night, Monday to Friday. And uh, part of the deal was if the ratings hit, I forget what the number was, um, 40,000, I would get a bonus. I would get a, a car of my choice up to it. And I wanted the black Z28 Camaro. That's a fantastic <coughs> this story. This was back in the day when you could do that. You could say, look, if I get the rate, because they knew if they got those ratings, they could... They could bump up the ad rates on the show, and they could do really well. So it's yeah, and they can write off that car or some probably some business expense. I didn't think about it that way, but anyway, so that was the. <laughs> but car. that's great. That was the car, Ontario Plates, Comiskey Park, um, the old Comiskey Park. Which, if you sat in the upper deck, it was like if there was a pop up hit to the infield, it felt like you could reach over the railing of the upper deck and catch the pop up. Great perspective. Nice. Anyway, that's where the Blue Jays are playing. They're playing across the street. But that's uh, where they're playing. And they managed uh, a whopping two hits in support of Marcus Stroman, who had a no decision, despite tossing six innings and surrendering one earned run. Now, here's how the White Sox scored the go-ahead run in the eighth. Squeeze play. (coughs) John Gibbons hated them. 
Everyone's all eschewing the bunt, but in this case here, when you're in a tie game, you want to squeeze a run in. Runners first and third, one out. They tried it three times, and on the third time, they got the squeeze play correctly. Excuse me a second. This is old school baseball. The way uh, the way I remember it back in the day, lots of lots of suicide squeeze, squeezes in the you know small ball. I guess they call it now, but uh, it lost in, it, w- it went away in favor of the three run homer. Right. Right. Now I'm not sure it was a suicide squeeze. A lot of people use the word a suicide squeeze. Is this the runner mm-hmm. is going before the pitch even comes? Got it. So runner's he, on his way. Yeah. Home. Okay. Barreling down like a freight train. All right. So if you miss it, basically he's tr- going to try to steal. If home. you don't make contact on that pitch, all right, the catcher's got an easy tag at home plate to the runner coming in. A safety squeeze is more like you're running on contact, like you're as far off the line as you can be, and then as soon as that ball is contacted, you are taken off for the plate. That's a safety one, which means that the pitcher, when he fields it or whoever fields it, has got to get that ball to the catcher right. for a tag play. It's not a force play. Right. It's a tag play. Right. <coughs> and, and by the way, we should tell the listeners that your voice is gone because of what you were doing all day yesterday. You want to share that quickly? What were you doing all day yesterday? I was recording the rest of my audio book. So the book's like 250 pages and I'm, you know, I'm reading like 80 pages. It's so like, how, how many hours did you talk for yesterday? Well, yeah, yesterday, about six hours. I read yeah, that would do it. That would tear your voice out. Yeah. But I wasn't screaming the book. I wasn't like but still. You got to. It wasn't like project. I was John. It wasn't like I was John Lennon singing <laughs> "Revolution" at the Beatles recording studio. I heard that story too, where they, if he was going to sing a song that would shred his voice, it would always have to be the last song. You'd have to get all the other tracks down, and then it was, you know, John, how does your voice feel? Do you want to give "Revolution" a try? Because there's a banshee scream in that song. It's great, yeah. So that was always that was the last. Any song like that would would be the last song you would do in the recording session. So at the end of my audio book, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't scream, you know, thanks for listening, you know, <laughs> I didn't do that. But anyway, but the voice will be okay. So I saw, uh, so Teoscar Hernandez gets sent down by the Blue Jays. They lose, they lose 4-2, squeeze play, blah, blah, blah. But Teoscar Hernandez, who turned every fly ball in left field into a, a not so excellent adventure, uh, got sent down. He took the golden sombrero, four strikeouts and four at-bats the other night in San Francisco. And, uh, and he just looked, he looks lost. He looks lost out there. But... I'm sorry to say, he's got to grow up. He has to mature as a baseball player and as a human being, okay? The idea of the sunflower seeds being sprinkled over the head of every home run hitter. What, imagine if the Jays hit 150, 200 home runs this year, and every, except for when Teoscar does it, and every single time you're coming into the dugout going, that son of a bitch, Teoscar, and I going to freaking sprinkle. <laughs> sunflower seeds going to get in my eye, going to go down my back. It's going to, you know, lodge in my rib cage or something it just it's annoying as hell i mean it's as annoying it may be more annoying than the gatorade shower post game for whoever's being interviewed on the field by hazel may or arash madani like enough is enough who was the first one to throw the gatorade shower was that bill parcells get it from the new york giants i think so that's like 40 years ago like (laughs) jeez it's like it wasn't around the same time as the wave like things should change in sports like come on already so if Teoscar's idea of the sprinkling of the sunflower seeds was better than the high five or the whatever, like enough is enough already. So he's gone to Buffalo, and, and hopefully he doesn't take that habit with him. Because guys like Kevin Biggio are not going to be able to, like, who is this guy with the sunflower seeds? A, a veteran on the team. Are there any veterans on the team? <laughs> on which, on Buffalo? <laughs> well, on the Jays. Like, somebody's got to have a chat with him and tell him, okay, Justin the first Smoke. time that's fine. But right. Justin Smoke wouldn't say anything. No. First time it's okay. Second time now it's annoying. But, yeah. you know, if you want us to, you know, stop hitting homers, that's the way to do it. But I can tell you this right now. that See, when a team is going bad, and I mean really bad, tempers begin to flare. 
And the sunflower seed on the home run is a nice little thing. But if you're like losing seven to one, if you lost 11 of your last 14, it's not so much fun. So maybe Charlie Montoya takes him aside and punches him or says, (laughs) look, you do that again. If you do that again and you strike out four times, we're sending your ass to Buffalo. I think roughing up your players is a gibby move. Right. As I recall. (laughs) Uh, Richard Urania was called up for the game yesterday. He didn't play. Billy McKinney played left field last night and ran head like he didn't know where the warning track was. He ran full speed into the fence. Okay, clocked himself. That killed the guy in the natural. Yeah, remember? Yeah, and, <laughs> and but I, the way he did it, they showed it again. It's not a padded wall either. But if you remember, he did the same thing last year. His first game with the Jays, he ran into the wall and hurt his shoulder. He's like a like suicide out there, man. Like running against the fence. Anyway, as soon as he landed, you could see he was dazed. And there were two outs, so they figured I oh, will leave him in there. We won't replace him in the middle of the inning. And then he got his face stitched up or fixed up uh, yeah. by Nicky Huffman, the trainer, and uh, he went back out there. He, he went over four, but. I was thinking, man, like I could not envision Tay Oscar doing that. I just couldn't see Tay Oscar running hard to the wall and make and 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 sacrificing his body to make a catch. The mentality, right? And Billy McKinney's mentality is looks to be the exact opposite. He'd do the, anything to make the catch. The Kyle Lowry of the Blue Jays, you know, just anyway, that's, sacrifice the body. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Vladdy Guerrero Jr. continues to hit the ball hard, but right at people. Like, yeah, every single hit now, every exit velocity. The funny thing is when he hits a slow grounder to third, they don't tell you what the exit velocity <laughs> is. They don't say it was 22.7 miles an hour. It's like right. he hit that line drive out 116 you know, miles an hour. Uh, so Vladdy is hitting 207. <clears throat> now, I don't know what his weight is, but I believe I had said at the beginning of the season, if he can hit his weight, which at the time was 250, if he can hit his weight, right. then and he can hit 20 home runs, I'll be happy. So right. he, had, he had two home runs in San Francisco the other night, mm-hmm. and uh, his and uh, was hitting two forty at the time, which I I had said to Rob Longley, I said to Rob Longley that he's about hitting his weight. Right. He's down to two oh seven now, uh, and he has a six forty eight OPS, but he's only had sixty six major league plate appearances. So, one thing about him, whenever he comes to the plate, like I, I was sort of flipping back and forth, but I wanted to make sure that I caught every one of Laddie's at bats. Everyone mm-hmm. reminded me of when Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa were going at each other in 98 for the home run title back every night, back and forth. Got every at bat. There'd be an alert McGuire, right. McGuire on deck, bing, bing, bing. McGuire in the hole. Sosa on deck in Chicago, yep. stuff like that. This is the same thing with Flatty. The team's playing terrible, but I want to see every at bat. Cause I'm, I don't know what he's going to do. He could strike out on three pitches or he could launch one, you know, 127 miles an hour. It's early. He's going to be fantastic. When does it? When does it stop becoming early? <laughs> Sixty-six major league plate appearances right. is early. That's all I know. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. Um, but yeah, whenever he comes to the plate, I'm like, oh, guys, hang on a second, Vladdy. Just let me watch the Vladdy at bat, and I'll get back to you. I'll call you back, or just put. I'll put you on hold. And he could hit it nine miles or strike out. It. It could. It could be a great at bat. Right. It was you like, never know. Reggie Jackson was like that. Got to see Reg. Because even when he strikes out, man, you know. He and he just, struck out a lot. A lot. <laughs> but you want to see that. That, to me, is uh, that's baseball. Home runs is huge. And also, too, we, st- we have this thing about strikeouts. Right. How many strikeouts did he have, right? Not how many outs, how many fly ball outs, ground ball. How many times did, he, did, on the thir- did the other t- guy not get the third strike? Either swung and missed or he's called out. How many times? Because that's, that's the humiliating way to get out. That's the way, you know, I made you strike out. You have to walk, Matt, make that walk of shame back to the dugout, right? On any other play, you're running it out to first base, unless you're Jan Harris Salarte. Uh, and, and, then you go, and then you peel off when the out is made and you go back to the dugout. But to have to walk back from home plate, which is becoming a regular occurrence now, I think of Chris Sale the other night for Boston. In seven innings, he strikes out 17. Now, in seven innings, you can only get 21 outs. Only 21. He gave up a home run. 
and he struck out 17. Out of 21 out, 17 were strikeouts uh, against Colorado. And they end up losing the game in extra innings, which means he's the first pitcher in history to, to, to strike out 17, walk none, and get a no decision. No walks, 17 strikeouts, a no decision. Come on. Wow. How do you do that? That's Chris Sale for you. I thought that was fantastic. 17 strikeouts and 21 outs. Like if you made, remember it was like the, when you were a kid that pitcher that could just fire the ball by you. And even if you got like a foul tip, you were like, hey, yeah. I got a foul tip. Right. First time I went to the batting machine, right? I don't know. I'm a kid, you know, batting machine. Yeah. And it's whipping, it's whipping by you. And I, I must have taken 15 or 20 swings and got nothing but air. And then on the 21st swing, I just, I think I closed my eyes and I, I, I fouled it back and I went, what a great feeling. <laughs> like what a, I caught up to the pitching machine. Right. That must have been what it was like against, uh, against uh, Chris Sale. All right, time now for Hockey Confidential, brought to you by Titan Blades. We bring the pro shop to you. I wonder how many players at the World Championships are skating on Titan Blades. Lots. Carter Hart, the winning goalie yesterday for Canada in their win against France, uh, is on Titan Blades. In fact, I think after the game, he said, you know, if it wasn't for, you know, my skate blades being so good and so sharp, I would have never made that save, you know, when it was 3-2, because France got back to 3-2. Anyway, brought to you by Titan Blades. Uh, Go to titanblades.com. So, yeah, Canada wins uh, over France 5-2. This is the year where you're like, who's in this pool with Canada? Who we got? We got Israel? Turkey playing in this pool? No. But it's Great Britain. By the way, their fans were fantastic. I want to be a Great Britain hockey fan. I don't even know who the players were. I'm going, this is great. They treat it like it's soccer, man. It's fantastic. What great traveling fans the Brits are for hockey of all sports. Nice. Yeah, it was really good. So, um, yeah, so Canada in the preliminary round, we lost our first game to Finland, and then we beat uh, the Brits. And before that, we beat Slovakia. Their fans are great as well. Um, and then we've got Germany tomorrow. Germany, the Germans are 4-0. and in the tournament. So some of these nations that you're kind of going, yeah, they're not traditional hockey nations. It's good for them. Let Canada play them. Let them think maybe we can score a few goals against Canada. Maybe we can say to our fans, look at how we did against the best hockey playing nation in the world. It's like when Canadian soccer, when we play a, a British team or some or Juventus would come in from Italy, we go, look at that. We scored a goal against Juventus. Us Canadian soccer players, we scored against the great Juventus team. You know, that's what, it must have been like that when the baseball players barnstormed. Like when Babe Ruth barnstormed, you got a hit off Babe Ruth. You could say, I got a hit off Babe Ruth. Like for the rest of your life, the great, I got a hit off of him. And, and there were people there to witness it. And what a feeling. So, I mean, the Great Britain team, we scored two goals against, we, we scored two goals against Canada. Against Canada. NHL players. So it's very exciting for them. For sure. And it's kind of exciting for us. Normally, I don't pay that much attention to the World Championship, but I find it interesting because it's being played in Slovakia this year. And the story goes like this. Here's the deal in Slovakia at the arena. And they love their beer in Slovakia. And you can drink copious amounts of it. You just can't take it into the seats. I like that. But why is this? Is this just some uh, licensing no, rule? I, I, think, I, think, I think there's no way you can enjoy the game more by having the actual beer in your seat while you're watching the game. But you'd spend more time watching the game if you could bring the beer to your seat. No, no. And see, that's why if the culture is like that, it's not, it's not unlike college football games. College football, you're not, you can't even buy alcohol in the stadium. you got to do your drinking in advance in the parking lot at the tailgate. But once you're at the game, mm-hmm. there's no distraction of, i got to go get more beer. I'm going to get more beer. I'm going to be obnoxious to the person next to me. I mean, you're, you're, you're already somewhat, not obnoxious hopefully, but somewhat looped by the, when you go into the game, but still. You can't fuel that when you're at the game. 
I'm okay with that. I've sat too many times around people who are obviously drunk, and now they're ordering more beer, and they're ordering beer while the game's going on. I'm like, come on, I want to watch the game. Like, go out into the concourse. See, I'm, I'm happiest when the drunks next to me at the game leave to go get more beer, and then just don't come back. They end up just drinking the beer up in the concourse because they don't want to be bothered to go back to their seats. I say, go ahead, drink it up there. That's fine, but don't bring it into the seats. That's, and that's what they do in Slovakia. So, they, they have tables and tables with beer. Yeah. Like you just pay right there. You just grab a glass of beer and you put your money down. Yeah. Right? And, but you can't, you have to drink it in the concourse. You can't, you can't take it to your seat. Would you be happy to see Scotiabank Arena have the yes. same uh, rule? Yes. And, wow. and the dome? Yeah, I would. Okay. I would. Okay? Because I get it. It's nice to have an alcoholic beverage, but don't make it the whole part of the game. Okay, and you know as well as I do, you get a couple like, hey, what's going on? Like, oh, come on. Oh, for sure. Come for on, sure. and want this. And you're sitting next to me. Now you're spilling the beer, too, because not normally, people I know, when they're somewhat inebriated, they don't have full control of their, you know, um, Anything. facilities, right? <laughs> so spilling beer is uh, a common thing when someone's had too much to drink. Anyway, right. that's, that's, my little, that's my little rant. Where was I, by the way? Oh, we're, that's right. We were drinking beer in Slovakia in the World Championship. So, uh, yeah, I think I, this is a place I'd like to go now that I'm, you know, retired from the business and all that. I think I'd like to go to a World Championship, a hockey World Championship in Europe, you know, Slovakia or wherever. I don't even Where know. Where is it next year? Do you know? know. Probably <laughs> Let's find out. Go Maybe. back and forth between North America and here. Oh, no, 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 no. No, that's for the junior. That's for the junior, right. The World Championship is always over there, right. right. So I don't know, but yeah, it'd be cool. You know, Austria, Germany, you know, uh, yeah. Slovakia. Norway, whatever. Yeah, whatever. No, well, no, Norway. I'd have to be into fish to go to Norway. <laughs> Although I would like to go to Sweden. I hear it's nice there. I've been to Copenhagen, and I, was, I can in, see the sign for yeah. Stockholm. No, but yeah. when you, uh, by the airport, you can see the sign. I'm like, I'm so close. I should make the trip. Is it that close? Very close, I think. Like what? You can drive know, there? This, yeah, the sign. Wait, there. you can drive from Denmark to Sweden? I didn't Copenhagen to Sweden. I, I, I believe, yeah. No kidding. I didn't even, I, you know, it's not something I had looked at. I hadn't, uh, I hadn't map quested it or anything like that, but I'll have to, that's a good one. So anyway, um, yeah, that's your lesson. That's your, there's your World Hockey Championship. It's your hockey confidential. The confidential part was you can, you can't drink beer in the seats there, but you can drink copious amounts of it out in the thing. And they just, they, you don't go and order it. It's there. It's already been pre-poured. It's right there for you. Just grab a glass, throw your money down. Isn't that the way we should be serving beer? I'm, I'm not sure. I'm on lining board with you up. Here, you know, but, what, can, uh, what do you have? Blue, you know, okay. And then, you know, the poor thing. No, it should, they should be ready made to go. If you know that you got beer drinkers coming, have it pre made, like hot dogs. You know, when you order a hot dog, they don't go, okay, you go to the back and they want hot dog. They're right there. <laughs> that's right. Same with beer. It should be pre poured. Anyway, that's Hockey Confidential brought to you by Titan Blades. Uh, uh, don't get your skate sharpened by a kid making 15 bucks an hour at the, you know, the crappy tire nearby. It's, you know, take it to the pros. Skate faster, be better. Uh, we bring the pro shop to you. And a good bunch of guys from Dundas, Ontario. If you've never been, it's a great little town. I used to, oh. what are you doing? Oh, to, yeah, Toronto Mike has got his own, we're showing this to the Periscope audience. Toronto Mike has his own Titan Blades with his own, with his logo on it. <laughs> his own logo etched so, in there. The, so, if, you wanna, if, you want, if you play hockey all summer or yeah. in a league, this gives you uh, an advantage. Uh, you should switch your blade to well, Titan Blades. Well, you also, you, it's a, the personalized thing. We all like to have our own person. Hey, those are my blades. How do you know? Well, they got my name etched on them. Very cool. Right. So, uh, Toronto Mike's going to ch check Personalize it. And you check them out too. Visit TitanBlades.com. Tennis. Yesterday morning, by the way, at the same time, I'm watching Denny Shapovalov play number one seed Novak Djokovic. I'm watching Tiger Woods and everybody else in the um, PGA Championship. And I'm watching uh, World Championship uh, hockey. And it's like, you know, nine in the morning. I'm going, this is, I'm, I'm having so much fun. What do I have to go anywhere for? This is what I do. Right. I got to watch, you know, not got to get up early in the morning because there's lots going on in sports. So it was uh, wonderful. So anyway, one of the things I'm watching, I'm watching the tennis and Shapovalov is he tries for a winner on every shot. 
he's got to learn, especially when you're playing. I guess when you're playing a guy like Djokovic, you got to hit winners because this guy doesn't, he doesn't lose too often. You got to go for broke. You go for, and he does. And he made uh, like 16 unforced errors. Anyway, he's, he's trying these shots that you're not going to make them every time, but they're winners. They're like the perfect shot, not driving them this way or that way, not trying to stay in the match. Because Djokovic can go all day, all day long. He can go and just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth from the baseline. So Chapo loses 6-1, 6-3. But also yesterday, this Nick Kyrgios, who we've talked about many, many times, the Australian, the whack job. He's a whack job. He's a crazy. You don't know what to expect from this guy. What to expect. Tell me him. what he did. Remember, uh, remember when, he, uh, remember when the uh, official, the umpire, had to come down from the chair to tell him not to tank? Right. Remember we talked about yep. that? Stop. Please stop tanking. Right. Stop. stop. It's not fair. He wasn't even trying. And he was making a mockery of the sport. I think he got suspended for or fined or whatever it was. But yesterday, mm-hmm. he again had some issue about a call and he went on with the referee and he kept going and whatever. And the referee uh, charged him a penalty point. And then I believe the referee took the game away from him. I think it was two. No, it was one penalty point. He got one penalty point. And then Curios, ah, screw this. And he fired his racket down. And he, he was like his best John McEnroe. Threw the racket down. Okay, there was no call. There could have been a call. It could have been disqualified. He might be disqualified. Then he kicks a water bottle. Then he takes a chair, like Bobby Knight, and throws it onto the court. Now, I don't know if he had defaulted prior to that mm-hmm. or that got him kicked out. I, I'm not sure. Right. But anyway, he was just being an idiot. And, and some fan recorded the whole thing from, from the side. And by the way, folks, please, anyone listening, and tell everyone you know, do not shoot video vertically. Don't hold your phone up vertically. Don't. Don't do that. Just because you can do it one-handed. Don't. Put it horizontally. All right? Uh, they call that uh, landscape. Whatever. Hold it horizontally. No horiz- portrait. Hold it horizontally. Don't hold it vertically. That's the worst. It's terrible. Don't right. do it. So this guy was shooting it, and I'm, you know, he doesn't get the framing. You don't have the right frame. No, you and by the, way, by the way, your television at home is not a vertical TV. You know what I'm saying, folks? Take a look at your TV. It's not vertical. You're not looking at it up and down. No. Right? When you go to the movies, is it a little thin screen that goes up high? No. No. So don't shoot video that way. Did you hear, like, not only does he have to give up any money he made in that tournament, but he's got to reimburse them for, I guess, hospitality charges? I guess uh, all the money spent, like, making him comfy while he's at the tournament, he's got to reimburse them. That's that's hardcore, man. Is it? You think it's hardcore? I think so. Look what he does to the sport. Why why would he be such an idiot? Like anybody. Like, you ask Federer, Nadal, all these guys. And, And also, earlier this week, he did an interview where he was very candid. And, of course, the interviewer knows this. It was a podcast. And he says, uh, what does he say about uh, Djokovic? He says, oh, Djokovic, he's, uh, he just wants to be loved by everybody. Um, what was uh, I had it here somewhere. I, I just couldn't believe it. He, uh, he, he just, you know, um, here, is it, here it is. He says that um, Djokovic is a needy player who wants to be loved by everyone. <laughs> what the hell is that? He could say the same thing about Roger, right? He's, that, you know, as a needy player, needy. I mean, that's you're taking a shot at somebody. That's not a compliment. And it's a ridiculous shot. It's a stupid thing to say. So um, that's Nick Kyrgios. So I think the ATP has got to suspend him for his behavior. They've got, because if they keep letting him, if they keep trotting him out there, he just makes a mockery of the sport. And not even that good. That and oh, so you see what he did the other day? He started, yeah. he, didn't, he didn't even come out for warm-ups. He didn't even warm up. And he came out, and the first serve he took was an underhanded serve for a win, okay? Because uh, he saw, of course, on a first serve, the opponent is way behind the baseline expecting your biggest booming serve. What does he do? He just dinks the little underhanded little badminton serve. And says, just, oh, God, what an idiot. Why would, like, why would you just do stuff like that? All right, anything else, Mike? Trivia? Answer? What do you think? 
Oh, I have an answer. Okay, so this oh, is wait, the Bucks. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, I gotta get my hand a second. And this is for uh, Panzer's original deli. Right on Bathurst Street, north of the four hundred one. Um, here's the question: Who did the Milwaukee Bucks play the last time they were in the NBA Finals? It's a fantastic question because I have no clue, but I have a good educated <laughs> guess, which is I'm going to go with the Boston Celtics. Wow, you're so good. 1973-74, it was the Celtics. It was? That's what I know. It was. They won their first championship when they played the, um, who was, that? Oh, did they beat? was it the Lakers? I'm trying to think now. No, they're, uh, they're in the West. I can't, I'm trying to think when they won their championship, who they beat. But anyway, in I know it was 1971. Yeah, and, uh, and for some reason, I can't. Boy, I lost that one. It might be the, was it the Knicks? Boy. Anyway. That's terrible of me. I had a brain cramp there. Uh, Boston in 73-74. The finals MVP uh, just passed away. One of the great basketball players of all time for the Celtics. He was in his later years. John Havlicek was the playoffs MVP. Right. Are you looking this up? No, I want to see who the buck. It's the Baltimore Bullets. Oh, wow. That would have been a great trivia question, too. Who did the Milwaukee Bucks no one would beat get for that. their only NBA championship? Name of the, name of the city. And their nickname, the Baltimore Bullets, who I'm became not sure the Washington I, Bullets, who right. became the Washington Wizards. I'm not sure I knew they were ever the Baltimore Bullets. Oh, for sure they were. I know, but I don't Wes think Unsell, I knew that. Elvin Hayes, the Big E, Phil Chenier, Jack Marin. Oh, yeah, it was a good team. Wes 1971. Unsell, yeah, I know that whole team. I could, I could probably give you the whole starting lineup. Anyway, so uh, it was game. By the way, mm-hmm. the reason I mention this, folks, is because the Milwaukee Bucks were favored to win Okay, against Boston. And, and they had home court advantage. But Boston won three games in Milwaukee at the Milwaukee Arena, which was known as the Mecca in those days. So they beat Milwaukee three times in Milwaukee. Now, to suggest that the Raptors could beat Milwaukee three times in this series is not out of the realm of possibility. They just have to shoot better. They just, they, that's just it. They can beat Milwaukee in Milwaukee. They almost did it the other night, but they've got to knock down some shots. They just got to. And you got to hope Milwaukee doesn't make all those 35, those 40-footers, like from way, way out there. Because <laughs> if they do, no team's going to beat them. No team's going to beat them at all. All right, that'll do it for episode number 102 of Hebsey on Sports. Thanks to Toronto Mike for production and inspiration. Don't forget to check out his excellent podcast. Uh, who have you interviewed lately, by the way? Who's Oh, Leo Routens is on Monday morning. So I should tell people... Wait, wait, they, wait, 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 yeah, wait, wait. Leo Routens is Monday? Yeah. So he'll have... Okay. So Friday, Sunday, so that'll have been after game three. Correct. Because game three is Sunday in Toronto. So you got Leo Monday morning? Right. In fact, we should tell people who like to watch us live that yeah. we're going to record Hebsey on sports after I record Toronto Mike with Leo Rowden. So approximately, what time did I say? 10.30? Uh, about 10.30? Yeah. Okay. So, so at 8.30 we'll in the morning around then, I'm going to go live with Leo. Wow, man. On tr- at Toronto Mike. That'd be phone. great. And then at Hebsey Man, we'll tweet a link to Hebsey on Sports, which will be at around 10.30 on holiday Monday. Yeah. All right. Uh, my new book, The Greatest Athlete You've Never Heard Of, is available everywhere you can buy books. Uh, I just finished recording the audiobook version. See, my voice is better now. I just had a little thing there. Uh, if you know someone who would prefer to listen to me telling the story instead of reading the actual book, you now have that option. Uh, dare I say it, it makes a great Father's Day gift. I just have to throw that in there. So when's the audio version available? It's very soon. I just finished it yesterday, so it doesn't take long. It's, it's like, oh. it, because you edit it as you go along. The editor edits as you go along. Right. Almost. 
He listens to it and he just takes. So out it might be available for Father's Day. I hope it will. Oh, oh, it'll de- oh definitely. Okay. Oh, not even. Oh, yeah. No, well, I didn't know what the like Next was. week, man. Okay. Wow. Well. Oh, hey, you're not in the audiobook business, are you? No. I'm in the not. audio podcast business. Yeah. Join us uh, Monday for Holiday Monday's uh, Victoria Day uh, Extravaganza, which will be episode number 103. Thanks to celebrating our first birthday with us. The birthday cake was lovely. Thank you. Yeah. May. By the way, May 15th, 2018, first episode of Hebsey on Sports Records. So it is. Yes. This week was the first anniversary. All right, got that straight. Thanks for allowing us into your headspace. Have a fantastic long weekend. We're back Victoria Day. Our show will drop around noon on Victoria Day. As soon as we're done, I'm going to get it up. Beautiful. Uh, Talk to you soon. Until then, so long for now.